This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Tradies, don't miss the instant asset tax write-off. Essendon Renault traffic sales event now on. Time on with Sam Hargraves on SEM. Uh, plenty happening in the world of sport and time on is where you get to have your say on the news of the day. There's a mid-season draft tomorrow night. Plenty being said about the state of certain sides in the competition. Naomi Osaka on the agenda as well. one 736 736 the number. Uh, very good evening to you and welcome to Time On. Sam Hargraves with you and I hope you're doing okay in whatever uh, part of lockdown you find yourself in or whatever status of lockdown is, no matter how it is affecting you. I hope you're going okay uh, and that you're doing the best you can uh, and getting the support you need uh, through what is, I think, day four now and uh, we still wait to find out whether it will be extended and, uh, and what's to come. Uh, three new cases today. And we still are waiting on a fixture for this round. So COVID playing a, a massive impact in the world of sport again, and we'll do our best to keep you up to speed the moment we know anything you will know. And, of course, one three hundred seven three six seven three six to give you view on that. Sam Edmund had the latest today uh, on the fixture when he spoke to Jared Waitley this morning. I guess the six clubs that have their fixtures up in the air for this weekend are just waiting by the phone, Jared, waiting to be told we are still in a state of limbo. What we can say is that the AFL is doing everything it can to get the St Kilda-Sydney game played in Cairns. So the league this morning remain in discussions with the Queensland government in a bid to secure an exemption for the Saints to fly into the state, which they need, of course. So the Saints-Swans game was originally scheduled for Marvel. As things stand with border restrictions, the match could easily be relocated to Sydney as part of a fixture swap, given the two clubs are drawn to play again in round 21 at the SCG, of course. But the league's preference, the Saints' preference too, I might add, is to get them up to Cairns this week, given and they're scheduled to face Adelaide at Kazali Stadium a week later in round 13. So they might have to go through Sydney to get there, but the preference is to get to Cairns now. So they hope the AFL to finalise this week's six games yesterday. They're also in talks with the South Australian government, given Collingwood will need an exemption, of course, to play Adelaide uh, over at the Adelaide Oval on Saturday afternoon. The Melbourne Brisbane game, forget Alice Springs. That's the other fixture still to be finalised. It will be played in Sydney, most likely still on Friday night. It's just a matter of whether it's at the SC or Giants Stadium. Uh, Sam Edmund, our Chief Sports Reporter, today uh, in regards to where the fixture is at. So still no word yet as the AFL uh, negotiates with various state governments to make sure that we get round 12 uh, 
away. And uh, Jared Waitley spoke today quite passionately about what just cannot happen anymore when it comes to the fixturing of games during uh, these COVID situations. The guiding principle here, I think, is really clear. Wherever vaguely possible, the games should search for crowds. Those matches before the abandoned terraces are soul-destroying. If there's a crowd to be found and there's provision to cross a border to do it, do it. If we've learnt anything, it's that the game needs the energy of an audience. Jared Waitley today. Sam Edmund also uh, had a bit of an update in regards to Tasmania's AFL bid. You remember uh, that Colin Carter, formerly with the Geelong Footy Club, has been appointed uh, as the AFL's liaison or, or re- reviewer into the bid from Tassie. And uh, Sam Edmund gave an update this morning on the latest. We could talk about the team down in Tasmania, but it all just seems largely yeah. irrelevant at the moment. We just hope the season can uh, can survive for now, Gary. Colin Carter's been down there and he's been doing some work. Nick Revolt spoke about this a couple of weeks ago, actually, that uh, he, was, he was even a little bit more bullish having been down there for two days. They are. Colin Carter's just got two concerns, though. One of them is the size of the market, which did surprise a few people down there in Tasmania, given that their feeling is, well, what's Tasmania? Twice the population of the city where Colin Carter was the president of that won multiple premierships. Yes. Um, And also uh, the other concern... Uh, as well as the size, was um, just how severe is the decline in participation rates down there? Uh, AFL Tasmania talking it up. There's a rainbow. There's a lot at the end of the tunnel, which really flies in the face of what the task force uh, report said, which has been dying. It's withering on the vine, and it needs a team to help it, its well, own team. The prospect of a team that might just gather some momentum again. Yeah, so that's, uh, them back. that's playing out. It's going to go to the presidents at the end of the year. It's, it's a bit of a um, misconception that it's the AFL's decision on their own. The 18 presidents, it's a majority swing here, specific majority as well. They might need 14 of the 18 votes, like a small-scale World Cup bid, FIFA style. They've got to convince them to give the thumbs up. Sam Edmund uh, also was been digging around in what the prospects of teams going back into hubs would be. And there is lots of speculation as a result of that about hubs and who will go and who won't go and the season staying afloat and those sort of dramatic uh, suggestions. I mean, the AFL's determination is for a fly-in, fly-out model as things stand, much like the AFLW season showed them that it can be done. They do need that flexibility, granted, from the governments that we've spoken about around the country. But the AFL, the Players' Union, the AFLPA have canvassed the leaders at every club as part of their processes to... To, to see their temperature test, their mood around it all. They want as much certainty as we all do in life, don't we, around when they go interstate to play. They want to know they're going to be able to come back on a certain date, to, to which point they've been able to get as things stand. Hawthorne obviously coming back. The teams that are having their buy this weekend remain in Melbourne. So if there are hubs, I'm sure there's going to be players who choose not to go, like there was last year, or who go decide to come back for a variety of personal reasons that affect players each and every week when the season's running as normal. So that's that's a granted. Sam Edmund, our Chief Sports Reporter today, one three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. He had some news on uh, Harry Mackay's contract. I'll get to that in a minute. We'll talk a little bit about Carlton because. Uh, they've been out in force today through the media. So Brad Lloyd, their footy boss, has spoken. David Teague has as well. So I've got that to play as well. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. your say on the news of the day. The mid-season draft tomorrow night is going to be fascinating. So in the last 24 hours, several clubs have opened up more list spots. Uh, West Coast have placed Daniel Venables and Jared Cameron on their inactive list, meaning they can take two picks in tomorrow night's draft. So Carlton have opened up a third spot, putting Sam Philp 
on their inactive list. Hawthorne have put James Sicily. Essendon have put Michael Hurley. Uh, and Brisbane have put Cam Rayner on their inactive lists. And they're the other clubs that have opened up a list spot in the last 24 hours. So clubs have got up until 5pm today to move players onto their inactive list. Geelong, Frio, Western Western Bulldogs have opted not to take part in the mid-season draft, so they won't be taking anybody. Former cat Wiley Buzzer is going to join me after 9.30. Uh, He has nominated for the mid-season draft. He's currently playing with Werribee. He's had a really strong start to the year. Kicking goals, taking marks. Uh, he's playing under the tutelage of our very own Michael Barlow. So if that's a good thing or a bad thing, I'm not 100% sure. Uh, no, I love you, Mickey B, if, you, if you're listening. But um, he's just one of many. So I think he played about nine games, 12 games, nine goals. Nine games, six goals it was. Nine games, six goals at Geelong. Had the year with Port Adelaide last year. And I'm going to be fascinated to speak to him about how he wasn't really ever able to play footy to try and earn a spot. Um, given how the, the season unfolded last year, it was an extraordinary and a very unique year when you've got only one year to try and prove yourself at an AFL club. So he's looking for his third chance. Uh, grew up in Mount Gravatt in Queensland. So looking forward to having Wiley Buzzer on the show later on this evening on the Sporting Capital uh, part of SEN. Um, Sam uh, Edmund uh, gave a little bit of an update uh, about uh, the mid-season draftees. There are so many games being played with the mid-season draft. I cannot tell you. For for an event that might only have 15 picks, mm. there is that much. What, hiding? And ducks and drakes. Oh, absolute ducks and drakes. It's doing clubs' heads you in at the don't moment. Don't tell me the 210-centimetre Carlton bloke isn't really going into a 14-day quarantine. <laughs> no, I think the former volleyballer Alex Murkov will get to the Blues. Xavier Mar, Andy's uh, long-lost son, is the other one who uh, who's in the mix there as well at the Blues. But the Suns were dealt a blow yesterday. Michael Knoll, of course, who uh, was on Sydney's list 2019-2020 failed or at least the Suns weren't happy with his medical report so the PCL devastating news for Michael Knoll the Suns were going to take him so they've been at pains not to publicise that because uh, you know it's a sensitive issue for, for Michael Knoll but they've got an interest in Wiley Buzzer Fraser Thurlow is another name who's come up there at the Suns as well but speaking of contract news John Newcomb was the one that we yeah. spoke about last yeah. week so it's a, a three-year deal at Hawthorne now it's not front-ended it's not back-ended. It's actually middle-weighted. Minimum chips year one. 2022 would be the the big one for him anyway. Above rookie wage plus some match payments and then back to minimum chips in year three. So he's got the same manager as Sam Mitchell who's been looking after him at Box Hill. This is very much a let's squirrel this one away mm. uh, to his management. Peter Lenton signed this kid. He's the next big thing at, at Hawthorne. Our Chief Sports Reporter, he's been very busy, Sam Edmund, doing a ripping job as always. Uh, the mid-season draft tomorrow night. And if you're listening to us on Time On and the Sporting Capital tomorrow night, uh, we will keep you abreast of every pick as it comes in, when it comes in, to make sure you are fully up to speed on uh, your club's moves and wheeling and dealings uh, in the mid-season draft. So, um, obviously, we're still waiting to figure out where games, uh, some games are going to be played this weekend. You heard Sam Edmund earlier in what games are still up in the air. Jeff Kennett, Hawthorne president, former Premier, spoke to Gary and Tim this morning and just expressed his fears about what an extended lockdown might mean to the competition. And I got a message last night to indicate that the length of the lockdown might be a number of weeks, which is frightening, if correct. And if that were the case, I don't see how the season can continue uh, at present. That is, I wonder whether we might be heading towards a postponement of some sort. Jeff Kennett also uh, spoke about the size of the challenge ahead. I think we'll have to wait uh, probably until later this week to see 
whether Victoria extends its lockdown, and in particular, if New South Wales locks its borders against Victorians travelling. If that happens, I think it is almost impossible for the AFL to be able to continue its season at the moment uh, because we're being locked out of everywhere. Uh, it makes it very, very difficult. I am sure the players and the administrations of clubs will do whatever it can to keep the season alive. But the challenge before the AFL at the moment is more serious than it was this time last year. And I think, I think all options have got to be considered. Jeff Kennett today. So, yeah, we, we realise that the season at the moment is, uh, without over-dramatising it, it is in the balance. So there are negotiations still taking place now. We thought that we might have had an answer yesterday. We're still answerless today. So that would tell us that negotiations um, haven't maybe been as smooth. If, you, if, if we're, you know, trying to establish what may or may not be going on, the fact that we don't have an answer yet means that we actually don't have venues locked in yet. So clearly there's uh, work needing to be done behind the scenes to, to get games away and a, and a lot of negotiating that needs to be done to do that. So as soon as we know something, you will know something as well. And off the text, why not go play in regional areas like Geelong and Ballarat if they open early. So um, whether that's an option for us, that would be uh, obviously you need the approval of the state government here uh, to be able to set up hubs in the regional areas, uh, whether it be playing games at the QEO in Bendigo or is Geelong far enough away. So that will all be, I suppose, on the table, depending on how we get out or when we get out of lockdown in Victoria. Sam is in Melbourne. G'day, Sam. Hello. I tried to call um, Simon Hill, but I ended up here, but that's all right. I, I can still talk with you. <laughs> well, I'm, I know that I'm a poor alternative, especially when it comes to the world game, but I'll do my best to answer okay. any question that you've got. You, you are in Melbourne, so were you trying to call Sydney, yeah. were you? Yes. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's but okay. Look, uh, I, I, well, I know so. all too well. My, my, my partner has this same problem as well. I'm sure she'd like someone much better looking, but she settles for me also. So, Sam, <laughs> Sam what can I do for you? Okay, uh, it's mainly about the, the A-League finals and the, the possibility of us in Melbourne missing out again. I'm, I'm praying that they don't decide to continue on. A lot of clubs have already lost players, like Melbourne City. I'm a Melbourne City supporter, and we've already lost Jamie McLaren and a few other players. To miss them out of the team and then for us to miss the finals again, I think it's ridiculous. If, if any chance they can delay it, have the players back and have fans back mm. in the stands. Uh, across the country would be more preferable. I'm, 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 I'm hoping. Yeah, well, they they already postponed uh, Melbourne City and Newcastle, didn't they, from Saturday? Um, yeah. There's obviously the games that will go ahead, Central Coast and, and Newcastle tonight, uh, Brisbane and Perth tomorrow. And then I think the last round of the uh, regular season, uh, and I th- from what we're told, Melbourne City, Melbourne Victory will still go ahead at Amy Park. Uh, next yep. week, Sunday the 6th of June. But I know that the guys on Talking City will have all those answers and more from 8 o'clock tonight. And if you are in need of a Simon Hill fix, Sam, he is on with the global game from 7 o'clock, if that helps. Yes, it does. Uh, awesome. 
Mate, uh, I appreciate you calling in, uh, and <laughs> and I thank you for doing so. I'm 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 sorry I'm uh, just don't have the beautiful tones of a, of a Simon Hill, but uh, it's great to have you on board nonetheless. And uh, I hope I was able to answer it in some small way. But I mean, we're we're seeing here that the AFL is not the only sport that's being affected by this. I mean, we've got lucky enough to have a plethora of professional sporting codes in this country, and the A League is one. And when you've got Melbourne City uh, sitting uh, at the top of the tree and have been the dominant force all year, I certainly uh, share your fears and hope, share your fears, but but certainly share your hopes that uh, Melbourne City fans will be able to be front and centre when the finals get underway uh, and they can see City hopefully claim their very first premiership. Uh, fingers crossed for that one. One three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Uh, as we go to the break, a uh, little text came through. Hey, Noham, uh, which is what Pickers and Hutchie call me on uh, Off the Bench every Saturday morning from 9am. Hey, Noham, what's your lead-in song? I like the sound of it. Thanks, Rod in Seaford. Rod, that's uh, one of my best mates' bands, Fountaineer, F-O-U-N-T-A-I-N-E-E-R. Look up Fountaineer. You can get them on iTunes and Spotify, wherever you get your music from. Four, stones from, uh, ro- four stars from Rolling Stone, their debut album, Greater City, Greater Love. It's from that. Uh, so that song is called uh, Grand Old Flags as well. There you go. That's a little music review there. But check out Fountaineer if you're liking that music. We'll be back after this to keep you up to speed on everything that's happened today. And, of course, you can have your say on the news of the day, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 This is time on SEN. Uh, we can't escape the fact that it is a challenge and... For the 18 players who are left back in Melbourne, it's probably even more of a challenge. This time, we, as I said, we anticipate it's only for a week and then after our Fremantle game, we, we meant to come back and, and uh, have a little bit of a break. Um, what's been a, you know, obviously a really productive start to a, a football season. Um, so, yeah, but uh, I, I think as the week unfolds, it, the important thing is we've got two main training sessions, one today and one on Thursday. We've got to get as much out of those two as we can. And uh, and perhaps last week when we reflect in the lead up to the game, we, we don't think we trained as well as we had been. So we'll put a price on what we do, especially today, just to kick it off. And um, and then it's an opportunity to uh, to galvanise and, um, and be together at different times of the day when we wouldn't normally be. And, uh, and look forward to the challenge of, of Fremantle, who are always um, very, very difficult um, task. Doggies coach uh, Luke Beveridge, just on the challenge of the circumstances that they're currently in, uh, he spoke about the fact that uh, they're here for the week. Oh, it's a bit different. This time we anticipate we're only here for a week. And, um, and last, last year when we went to the first stop, we couldn't uh, get out of the hotel precinct for two weeks, so at least here we can go for a bit of a walk around and um, discover a little bit of Sydney. A few of the young blokes haven't um, seen much of uh, this magnificent city, and uh, so there's a few uh, a few little landmarks to discover. Luke Beveridge, uh, he spoke too about how you approach the situation like that they're currently in. Obviously, they flew out to Sydney uh, to wait and train there for the week before they head to Perth to, to play Fremantle this weekend? We're trying to not too far ahead, just a day-by-day day approach. And, um, yeah, we've... Um, Hawthorne came back and 
have gone on their little break for their for their buy, and uh, which was communicated to us. I'm pretty sure that's the case. And uh, and so yeah, anything beyond the week, we'll, um, we'll process that um, if and when it happens. But um, yeah, at the moment we're we're just really uh, you know we'll get through today and um, and look forward to the day together. And yeah, anything beyond that at the moment, obviously, is, is out of our control. So Fremantle awaits uh, the Western Bulldogs. Uh, they go via Sydney to, to get there. Uh, one of the things that uh, people were very keen to ask was why Mitch Wallace, uh, vice-captain of that team, didn't make the trip with the squad of, I think it's 27. Mitchie and I have had some um, you know, good walks and chats in recent times, and and you know he knew that he wasn't going to play this week against Fremantle. So to have him back in Melbourne and looking after the, uh, the other, other 17 as much as they'll put their best um, leadership foot forward. Uh, that, that was important for us as well. So yeah, Mitch, is, uh, Mitch will uh, run through the session with them today. So, yeah, I understand that. Uh, it, it does sort of feel like a little bit like, you know, in the movies where the uh, all the heroes are going off to fight and then the little kid comes out and says, I want to come with you. And then they say, I need you to look after everybody here. It's <laughs> And the kid goes, oh, yeah, that's a big job that I've got. Uh, it, I'm sure it doesn't have that about it, but it, it, it did spring to my mind when I did hear Luke Beveridge say that today. And I don't think for a moment that he's being anything other than honest. But, um, yeah, it... It would have that if I was the one being told, no, you stay here and look after everybody. I think that would it would feel like that uh, to me. But he was also asked why uh, it is that Mitch Wallace actually you know can't get a game at the moment. I mean, this is a guy that was uh, all Australian contention last year. Oh, Mitch doesn't need to reinvent his game. He he, um, yeah, it's just a matter of the, the boys who are being selected when there's opportunities have been in our best. You know, a handful of players at, at state league level uh, the week before and the three weeks leading up sometimes. Um, Cody Waitman's a good example. He had really consistent form and we picked him and, and then that really franked itself. Yeah, he's been terrific since he came in the last couple of games. And, um, and yeah, it's, Mitch is just aiming to be that influential player at state league level and, and that'll be rewarded. And, uh, yeah, we, we just haven't quite seen that yet. And... Um, and, and he understands that. Luke Beveridge, uh, Western Bulldogs coach on Mick Wallace. It continues to be one of the more extreme, intriguing situations uh, between a club and a player uh, that we've seen for the year. And, and I'm sure as weeks goes on and he doesn't get picked, then questions will continue to be asked, especially when his form at VFL level is really strong. We might try and dig up some numbers um, uh, in regards to how well he's actually playing. Aaron is our VFLW expert here and uh, producer of the show. Uh, he will be able to provide us all we need to know there. Chris is in Nunna Wadding, been waiting patiently. Chris, hello to you. Hi, hey, Sam. How are you going? Good, thanks. I uh, just uh, want to talk about just um, there's a sense to be a few sporting codes around the world, EPL, we had the IndyCar 500, we've got the Giro to tell you went for three weeks. Uh, they seem to be able to get uh, these sporting events happening. I'm just wondering if the AFL are trying to be a bit too harsh or they can adopt some of the framework that these codes are using and sports events to to get it to make it work basically, you know what I mean? Like it's mm. it seems to be around the world. We've got the NBA as well happening, you know what I mean? So uh, there seems to be a lot of codes of being able to get it done. Wondering if we can adopt some of the framework to to you know sort of get our code 
uh, over the line and, and it, sort of make it work. Chris, it wouldn't be a question for the AFL. It'd be a question for the governments. That they are. Well, they are I do beholden, appreciate the vax. Yeah, the vaccine. I think the rollout is a big question for me as no, well. No, no. What I'm talking about is that they're beholden to the rules that the state government enforce in in each particular state. So where they can play games at the moment is directly impacted by their ability to play them based on what the state governments will what and won't allow. Yeah, yeah. so okay, it, yeah. it's one where well, this is one of those moments, Chris, it's and I know that I know yeah. that we I know that we're frustrated and I also know that it's really easy to point the finger at the AFL and I do it on occasions well, well, where I think the different... finger, but they can they can adopt some framework from other codes or other, you know, sort of organizations to sort of you know, make it work basically, yeah. Well, they're doing everything they can to make it work, Chris. That's that's the, the the cold hard truth of it. And they did a brilliant job in keeping the game afloat. Not only in terms of being able to get the game on on the field somewhere after that lockdown uh, in the initial part of the year after round one, but also to keep the game financial. Um, you know, they had to get a, a loan against Marvel Stadium. So there are times when, yet we can look to the AFL and say, hey, we'd like you to do better here or we'd like an explanation on this, but I don't know if this is one of those times, mate. I think they do an ex- have done and are doing an extraordinary job to keep uh, the season going. But I, but I thank you for the call, and I understand that it's sometimes you look over yonder and uh, beyond our shores and see that, yeah, the NBA finals are going, but as I look around those NBA finals, there's very few people in the stands, uh, and, and they all have to be vaccinated to be there. Unfortunately, our vaccination rollout is uh, going at a snail's pace without getting into the political side of things, but our vulnerable still aren't, our most vulnerable still aren't all vaccinated, and neither are the people that work closest to them, uh, and that's not mandatory either. So we've, we've, yeah, we're, we're a little behind in terms of the vaccination side of things, but uh, luckily, we haven't uh, endured some of the loss that other countries have uh, as well. So there's perspective to be had there as well. Brendan's in Camberwell. G'day, Brendan. G'day, mate. How you going? I'm really well, thanks. That's all right. Um, mate, just listening to what you had there with um, Luke Beveridge uh, in regards to Mitch Wallace, and it, it sounds as if um, Cody Waitman may have taken his position in the forward line. Is Mitch good enough that he could probably go back to a half-back flank, something like that, which puts great... Oh, sorry, Western Bulldogs, are, they, they've got a very uh, you know, strong half-back um, area, that he could possibly go to another club and be, uh, let's say, Richmond to replace, a, say, a Basher Hawley or another club that are, you know, that need that run mm-hmm. player like Adam Stard, uh, Hawley, like I said. I've got a feeling like Mitch that. Wallace could play anywhere. That you ask him to. I mean, he's shown that he can be an inside mid. He's shown that he can be a small lead-up pressure forward. Um, so I, I don't think that would be be beyond him at all to, to go off half-back, almost in a, a Dyson Heppel-like scenario. I know Heppel's uh, taller than Mitch Wallace is, but uh, Mitch Wallace is a strong and, and, and big-bodied midfielder. Um, yeah, I don't think there's much he couldn't do uh, as a player. So I, I think he would bring that flexibility to him. And there's a few that have asked with no Trelaw and, and no Dunkley in that Western Bulldogs side at the moment, just why is it that Mitch Wallace uh, can't get a game? And we heard from Luke Beveridge there, but as sometimes tends to be the case, whilst the question was answered, the question wasn't answered. If that, if that makes sense. And that's not a crack at Luke Beveridge. Oh, I love Luke Beveridge. But uh, it, it is one of those intriguing situations that is going to be a head-scratcher, I think, until we see Mitch Wallace back in that side. And his form at VFL level, he's played five games, he's kicked five goals, he's averaged 23 touches, five marks and four tackles. He's played inside mid. So his form stacks up uh, at the secondary level. 
736 the number you're saying the news of the day. We'll turn our attention to Carlton after this. Brad Lloyd has spoken today. David Teague as well. Josh in Wallen, you just stay right there and I'll come to you straight after this. Time on. It's for the Essendon and Renault traffic sales event. It's now on. Make sure you get involved in that. The Essendon Renault traffic sales event. Now on. You're listening to Time On with Sam Hargraves on SEN. Tradies, the Essendon Renault traffic sales event is now on. 600 Mount Alexander Road. Uh, Rod from Seaford's just texted me back. He's got straight onto that uh, song after asking who the music is that comes in and out uh, of the breaks and the intro to this show. Uh, one of my best mates, Bands Fountaineer, four stars, Rolling Stone, uh, Greater City, Greater Love. Rod says, thanks, Sam. Awesome song. Even better film clip. Best wishes uh, for the ham this year. Thank you, Rod. I appreciate that. Fingers crossed. Uh, that song coming back is called The Cricketers. Uh, check that one out as well. And music is starting to become a theme. Texting through uh, Les in Pasco Vale. Sam, have a listen to Power Man 5000 song Heroes and Villains. Should be a stinger for Mondays. So we'll get uh, Aaron onto that. Pump it up, says Les. And Aaron uh, blowing up deluxe here. Uh, shout out. Aaron uh, does an excellent job producing this show. That's from Saul in Caulfield. So um, becoming a bigger name than even the host is what I love to see. <laughs> uh, that's brilliant. And I couldn't agree with you more, Saul. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 your say on the news of the day. Josh is in uh, Wallen. Hello, Josh. Hey, Sammy. I just want to ask your opinion on a, the mid-season um, trade period. I feel like, for example, Collingwood could use it to get that young fella from Richmond as a full forward or Carlton could use it to get Mitch Wallace as we know now that we need an inside mid um, instead of them having to wait a full season to play a game next year and everything. Uh, I'd love a mid-season trade period. I'm all for it. Um, I think that as our game uh, continues to expand and grow and uh, become fully professional at the moment too, we're seeing uh, higher injury rates than ever before. I would absolutely love it. I love the theatre of trade. I, uh, if the players are all in for it and okay with it, then and I would absolutely love it. And uh, although I would say this, I don't know how keen you'd be as a forward wanting to make your way in the world being traded to Collingwood at the minute, given the way that they almost refuse to go inside forward 50 and from what we saw on the weekend, um, Darcy Moore, I feel sorry for. I think he could still be a dominant key forward, but not playing the way that Collingwood are currently playing. So um, I would, I would say, if, if, if I if I knew a young man who was drafted to Collingwood as a key forward right now, I'd say, geez, good luck. You're going to need it. Um, they're not doing their forwards any favours um, by the way that they're moving the pill. But. In answer to your first question, I would absolutely love a mid-season trade period, and I think it would be here sooner rather than later, Josh. Yeah, it'd be good, I reckon. No, thank you. And, of course, uh, we would absolutely love it here. Trade radio uh, goes gangbusters at the end of the year. Just imagine a mid-week trade radio. Uh, it'd be huge. We'd absolutely love that. By the way, speaking of uh, trade and, and mid-season draft, which is what it currently is, mid-season draft, Mitch Cleary reporting that St Kilda's opened up a further three list spots. They now have four picks overall and apparently are keen to use all four. So um, there's over 600 players that have nominated for the mid-season draft tomorrow night. You won't miss a moment of it. Uh, we'll keep you up to speed on every pick as it comes in uh, on 
time on in the sporting capital tomorrow night, but uh, that'll be fascinating. Sam McClure also reporting tonight that Melbourne will fly out to Sydney on Thursday and will take on Brisbane at Giants Stadium on Friday night. There'd been some thoughts about, and I was listening to, watching on the couch last night, where they spoke about the fact that why wouldn't you try and get, given that the Gab has been getting big crowds there this year, even though it is another Brisbane uh, technically it would be a Brisbane home game, but use it as a Melbourne home game and just see how big a crowd you can get because you're not going to get a big crowd at Giant Stadium. Uh, so it's a shame. And as Jared Whateley pointed out today, we, we need to try and get games in front of the most people as possible because the atmosphere, that comes through the TV if you're watching at home. The players lift in that regard too, and it does actually help the spectacle overall of the game. So... Um, maybe they just couldn't get it, uh, weren't able to get a deal done there with the Queensland state government, who did save the season last year. Maybe it's not doable this year. I don't know that for a fact, but I'm sure that was explored, given that every option would be. And instead, um, what will be the game of the round, uh, first playing third, will now be uh, at Giant Stadium. So I implore, if you're listening in the uh, greater Western Sydney listening area, please, please get there. It'd be great to see as many there as possible. one 736 Let's talk a little bit about Carlton. Um, Brad Lloyd uh, was on uh, Breakfast with Gary and Tim this morning. David Teague spoke about his frustration with Carlton's defensive woes last night on AFL 360. And uh, Brad Lloyd was asked to, to assess, the, the Carlton footy boss, to assess their year. Oh, look, yeah, yeah, not to be... Yeah. Been pretty uh, ordinary, Gary, from uh, at this point in time. I'm still plenty of footy ahead, but uh, I've been disappointed, uh, to be frank, on uh, how we've gone so far. We've managed to score okay offensively, but, um, yeah, we've struggled to defend the way we'd like and, and um, yeah, been scored against pretty heavily at different stages of the game, so we need to improve. He was also asked if they're altering uh, their targets or KPIs for this year. Yeah, like it's the season, like you... I must admit, the last few days you're eyeing off Sydney and think we can get that one and leading the next week, and we've got a. Uh, so yeah, look, it becomes more challenging as the. Uh, but we we've got a lot of lot of winnable games coming up as well. That uh, yeah, we've been in games against the top sides, and we've um, and well, we've probably been in, in majority of games mm. um, throughout the year. So yeah, we uh, we feel we can win these games of forty. We just got to get it done. So yeah, look, it's probably not as bigger concern right now. We just need to uh, get our act together for this weekend. So how does that grab you as a Carlton fan? Um, just need to get their act together. Uh, you've lost six games uh, in the games that you've played against top eight sides this year. You haven't been able to win one. You've been in them, which is great. So uh, that that's, that's positive, I guess. It, not in terms of where the expectation was set at the start of the year by Carlton, um, who sit four wins, seven losses for the year now. As a Carlton fan, I'm fascinated to know... Do you believe that you can still play finals? Do you believe that this team can still play finals? You you have been tested against the best and you've come up short every single time. So do you believe you've got West Coast this weekend? Do you believe that you can still play finals? West Coast are vulnerable, so maybe you might get a win there, but your, your rounds to come are by next week, depending on how the season rolls out. And if it goes ahead as scheduled, which is a fair chance it won't, you've got the Giants after the bye. Uh, they're not an easy beat at the moment. You'll then take on Adelaide, uh, which is supposed to be at Marvel, but who knows whether that will be in round 15. Uh, after that, you've got the Dockers uh, in at Optus Stadium. And then you've got Geelong at the MCG. And I reckon by that time, you'd, you'll know exactly whether or not you are. But I'd love to know from Carlton fans at the moment. I mean, do you do you have a belief and do you have a hope that you can still 
play finals. I, I would love to get a sense from you. I, I think there's absolutely no chance. I know there's a mathematical chance, but I just can't see it. Um, and that's okay because you look at all the positives that there are and, and you, when you lock Harry Mackay away and hopefully get Charlie Curnow back and more games into Tom DeConning, uh, let's have a look at Liam Stocker in the middle, all those kind of things that you go, well, there's, there's excitement. There's absolute excitement to be had. It just won't be had uh, this year. But one 736 736 if you're a Carlton fan. Uh, Bradlaw was also asked about uh, possible conversations that were reported that he had with Justin Lepich uh, about uh, becoming part of the Carlton Footy Club. As a footy club, we're always trying to, like in my role particularly, you're always looking ahead. And look, I expect the soft cap to go up by a little bit next year. So you're sort of planning and looking at uh, your group across um, you know, list management and high performance and coaching and welfare and... Um, yeah, so yeah, you have those conversations and look at you know, what's ahead. So, um, yeah, so I know the um, Lepich one got some air time, but, um, yeah, we'll continue to try and improve our... Uh, and, and look at the gaps from a uh, footy point of view, but I won't get into any, any private conversations I've had. Uh, so, Brad Lloyd there, uh, Carlton footy boss, speaking about uh, the reports in regards to catching up with Justin Lepich for a role uh, as a senior assistant, as it was reported. And uh, it was reported that at that meeting, Justin Lepich said, well, I've already had a chat with Juddy about a possible role as well. Uh, so he's a man in demand, Justin Lepich. And he spoke today uh, in response to uh, Kane Corn suggesting that uh, Richmond should look to trade Jack Rewalt to make sure they keep the likes of Callum Coleman-Jones and Marby Chol. And this was Justin Lepich's response. I understand his point because once you've been in the, behind the scenes a little bit, your answer to all these things are always for what, you know, trade Jack for what, trade Dustin well for what. I mean, you can get offended by the actual, you know, prospect of it, or you can see, well, there is value in everybody. We all have value. Um, everyone out in the community has a value. We get paid for. We, we you know, so everyone's a commodity in, in some sort of way. So um, I've probably I can look at it from that perspective. So for me, it's like for what then, Kane? Is it you know what if someone gave you a first round pick? They got all excited. They think we don't need pick eighteen. It doesn't normally do anything for us. Um, and it might be that win win. And do the Hodgie and, and do that. So his concept isn't wrong. The, the thinking isn't wrong at all. What Kane's saying, but the. The problem, the difference with Jack is he's so intrinsically linked to the Richmond Footy Club. He's a Richmond person. He's, and that's it's all he bleeds. And that's he wouldn't want to go anywhere else. And I, and I think the club also committed to that in the long term process of that. And also the other thing is, I think he's a completely different player to Coleman Jones. So, so it's it's not a like for like replacement. Jack got up the ground a bit more. He had twenty touches. I mean, all his work was done in the last quarter when it was mainly centre square bounce throw it in. He's already in the fifty of uh, of course, and then he scored those goals. But he did most of his work getting up the field. I think Damien and Harvey got to love the look of what Jack did on the weekend. Justin Lepich speaking about Jack Rewalt, who was the match winner for Richmond uh, in that win over the Adelaide Crows. It was within nine points after Adelaide kicked the first four of the last quarter. Enter Rewalt, three goals in a row, including one of the greatest marks we've ever seen. Uh, and the game was Richmond's, but it was rescue mission Rewalt. Uh, and it was fantastic to see. It was a wonderful individual performance from Jack. And Kane, as he likes to do, throws the cat amongst the pigeons about trading him out now. Maybe you get a price for him. Uh, one 736 736 Kane, uh, not Corns, but Kane in Carlton. And Luke in Alfington. Stay right there. I'll come straight to you on the other side of this. Uh, you're listening to Time on SEN. Uh, Pam Shriver, ESPN's top tennis commentator, Hall of Famer, 22 Grand Slam doubles titles, actually written a letter to top uh, US Tennis Association officials denouncing their role in 
in a statement uh, that led to Naomi Osaka's sad withdrawal from the French Open. So that's being reported on Fox Sports at the moment. She's withdrawn uh, late yesterday after winning the first round match and uh, after being fined $15,000 uh, and threatened uh, with a code of conduct penalty uh, that could lead to her banning, uh, it could lead to her being banned from the treasured clay court event. That was what could have happened. Um, Pam Shriver now believes that there is a risk that she might even skip Wimbledon after the fallout from all of this. So that is uh, just a, a latest update in what's uh, sort of shocked a lot of people, Naomi Osaka, withdrawing from the French Open, uh, thanks to the first serve tennis sunscreen at sunblessedsunscreens.com.au. Uh, Welcome back to Time On uh, for the Essendon Renault traffic sales event. It's now on. Uh, Kane's in Carlton who wants to talk about the Blues. Hello, mate. Am I on? You certainly um, are, Tony Kane. Not... Far away. No, it's Tony, not Kane. I'm not Kane Corns, mate. Oh, right. <laughs> Sorry. I just had Kane written here and I, I, uh, no. I just read it as I saw it. Sorry, Tony. Get no, far away. No, that's all right. Well, he is everywhere. Um, look... <laughs> The other problem I have about Carlton is, is what they've done in the midfield. Now, you mentioned one, Liam Stocker, and he's as hard as nails. So I don't know what they're doing with him down back when I think he's got great value in the middle. And the other issue that's really been driving me crazy the last few weeks is that Gibbons, um, Cottrell can't get a kick between them or get very few kicks. Setterfield hasn't done much since he came back. And then this kid, Josh Honey, who really looks like he's a goer, He's spent the last two to three weeks as a bench warmer. I don't know if he's had any actual football time. And the other one is they talk about Lockie O'Brien and Paddy Dow, and um, I know that um, he was mentioned, O'Brien, by the coach yesterday. I think they've got to play both Dow and O'Brien for the rest of the year, bring them and see what they've got. And if they haven't got it, well, then they could think about trading them out at the end of the year. But you can't know if Lockie O'Brien's going to be a footballer if he's playing only at VFL where he plays well. I think he's got to have a sustained go in the seniors and see what he can do. Couldn't agree more, uh, Tony. I think you've got to know what you've got. You've got to find out once and for all if you've got players there in, in Plowman, uh, who was a number three draft pick, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, and O'Brien was a top 10 draft pick, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so, so O'Brien went number 10 and Paddy yep. Dow went number two. Yeah. No, number three, sorry. Yeah, yeah number right. three. So that, that that I would agree with you wholeheartedly, and, and I'm really looking forward to seeing young Jack Carroll get a game when he gets over injury. Yep. He's supposed yep. to be a contested He's ball beast one. from WA. He was a real draft slider. They thought that um, – I remember on draft night, Matt Rendell also uh, agreed – uh, with the sentiment that was coming through from the broadcast uh, on the TV, that yeah. geez, they're shocked that he's gone down so low. So uh, I agree with you, Tony. I think it's a great point you make. And not that you say to them, guys, you're playing for your lives, but you certainly say, right, we drafted you as midfielders. We're going to play you now for the rest of the year as midfielders, and we'll just see what you're made of. And and, and I'd throw Sam Petrevsky seaton into that mix as well. When he was taken, uh, I remember Cal Toomey, when he was taken at pick five, saying, he could be end up being the best midfielder in that draft. He was playing seniors in the waffle as a seventeen-year-old, and um, that was the thing. I think the same draft as uh, Hugh McCluggage, uh, Tim Taranto, and and, and Ash McGrath yeah. that went at number one. I think that's the same draft. I'll double check, Tony. Yeah, no, the very good point. Basically, I think they've got a crop of young midfielders and they're not even playing them. It's ridiculous. Yeah, Tony, I, I agree with you, and I'd love to see that happen as well. Luke's in Alfington. Hello, Luke. Hey, uh, I think you. Um... I think Essen did very well to come back from 29 points down. Absolutely. On, on Saturday, uh, Saturday night, considering that it was over in Perth and it's damn difficult to win over there. Oh, you, you, you've, you've summed it up beautifully, Luke. Spot on. 
Uh, that's one of the, that's their best ever win under Ben Rutten and one of their best wins for, I would think, several years. Uh, I don't think many people would have given them a shot going over there, but they're building up something really exciting, uh, the Bombers. And I think we've got maybe enough time to play this, but Justin Lepich spoke about uh, what he's seeing in the influence of Blake Carousella uh, into that uh, the way that Essendon are going offensively. And he also spoke about uh, them being the party that you want to be at. Essendon as a club, and has, has, hasn't been this for a while, they are the party that you want to be at. It is. It's like, you know, when you have the big party, it's it's some some socialite, some highly, everyone just wants to be there. That's Essendon at the moment. I think the players want to stay there. They really enjoy um, the environment. And what normally follows is that people actually want to come to your football club. And your players that aren't happy at certain clubs start saying they look like a really happy club. They've got a really young list. They're going to be good for a long period of time. And I thought Brisbane had this under Chris Fagan is that that's when Lockie Neal goes, I really like the look of what's going on over there. They're a young list. They're, like they're well coached. And then... Justin Lepich with Jared today, SEN.com.au. So the global game with Simon Hill next, then Talking City, Rebels Radio tonight, and then I'll be back with the Sporting Capital, Wiley Buzzer to join me, and featherweight champion Alex Volkanovsky. Can't wait to have your company then. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely, and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.